Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to begin by reading verse 8. And the four living creatures had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And we uh, were discussing this verse uh, in our last Bible study, and we saw that these four living creatures are a representation of eternal God, of his glory, and they are um, also identified with the seraphim, and the seraphim are identified with Christ. So it is uh, a picture that God is giving us to teach us about the nature of himself, the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, eternal God. And God performs a self-examination. He looks inwardly just as he looks outwardly to all that he has created. He uh, he searches the whole earth, the whole creation to uh, to see how mankind is doing uh, in relationship to his law. Well, likewise, he does uh, an eternal examination of himself. And uh, as he performs this, uh, this inward look uh, to his very being, to his person, he finds no sin of any kind but perfect righteousness and goodness and holiness. And that's why the four living creatures who have, who are full of eyes within, they are able to declare without rest day and night. They say, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. The, the inspection reveals perfect holiness. And holiness is um, is being able to maintain the perfect standard of the law of God to keep his commandments without spot, without fail, uh, without transgression. And God has placed himself under his own law. And and as he uh, looks uh, towards himself in his own relationship to his own law, he uh, finds that there is total perfection, total holiness. Now, it also says here, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And of course, the Lord Jesus Christ is this God Almighty. We read uh, back in Revelation 1, we discussed this when we were going through these verses in Revelation 1, verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. This is describing Jesus Christ. He he uh, is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He is the one which is and which was and which is to come which matches 
our language in Revelation 4, 8. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Christ is the eternal God of the Bible. He is the creator. He, he and the Father are one. Uh, we, we cannot separate him from, um, from God because he is God. And, and, and Christ, uh, was from eternity past and is. He is ever present and knows all things that are presently taking place. He is aware of our present situation. God doesn't overlook the present. He, uh, even though, of course, uh, he, uh, he reigns and, and has dominion over the whole spectrum of existence from eternity past into eternity future. God inhabits eternity, but that doesn't mean that he disregards or, or overlooks the present moment. And that's why uh, we, we have great encouragement and a great help in God who is ever present, ever um, there for us. If we turn to him in prayer to speak with him or if we uh, cast ourselves upon him, calling, uh, desperately pleading for his help in anything. Oh, Lord, help me. Because at the present moment, we're, uh, we're just overcome and, and so, uh, greatly troubled that we don't think we can bear it. Well, God is a very present help, the Bible tells us. And so he not only is the God from all eternity past, he is the God of today and he is the God that is to come from our perspective. This, uh, this life is, is all that is transpired up until this point. We, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year. We certainly, um, lack a lot of information concerning the eternal future that uh, awaits us. But God, uh, he, he knows all about it. And, and so we trust him because he has that infinite eternal perspective from which that perspective he wrote the Bible. And this is why the Bible is, is such a, a brilliant book, such a glorious book that we are greatly privileged to possess or to read. Uh, to be able to hear and to learn from uh, who else uh, knows or where else could we turn to find information concerning not only the past, uh, uh, accurate, faithful information concerning the beginning of all things and, and information uh, that helps us in the present, but information that gives us truth concerning the future, facts, and, and things that we can rely upon and have um, an, an honest and a good expectation that they will come to pass. Oh, we can't find that kind of information anywhere in this world, not in any religion, not in any philosophy, 
and it, there, it just doesn't exist. It's only the Bible that stands above every other writing of man, every other thing really in this world. The Bible stands supreme and alone. And, and so we, we are greatly blessed that we have the Bible that reveals this eternal, almighty being, the, uh, God, the, the God of Scripture. Okay, let's, um, continue on into verse 9 of Revelation chapter 4, which says, And when those living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. Now, of course, the thought continues in the next verse, but we want to stop here and look at verse 9 a little um, closer before moving, continuing on. And when those living creatures, that, which again are, um, they, they are uh, a, a representation of God, when they give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne. And to sit in the Bible many times often is pointing to ruling. And it definitely is the case here. This is God seated upon his throne, the throne of his glory, the throne of his kingdom, of all that he has created he sits as the sovereign ruler of all his creatures. And mankind has a special place in that kingdom. They are uh, seated upon thrones round about him. That is redeemed mankind that are typified by the 24 elders. The 24 elders represent God's elect, those that were saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, the toning work from the foundation of the world. And notice here, when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, God ruling, who liveth forever and ever. And of course, God is eternal and with him is life. God is life. There, That's why uh, mankind is dead in sin because he has disconnected. God has cut off man uh, as a result of his sins. And man has um, no longer that intimate relationship with God. God is the power source, like energy supplied to uh, a city. And when God cut off man, it left him in darkness and 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 also it left him spiritually dead because God is life and we need that relationship with God we need the restoration of our soul through the power of God through the saving work of Christ and Christ has done that he has reconnected he restoreth our soul and and he has uh, joined us once again to the person of God who is our life. Christ is our life. We now live 
we have life, we have been resurrected in soul, and we have the promise of eternal life, living forevermore in our new body, a resurrected body and soul. We will truly live because we will be with God. He will dwell with us, and and God is the one that lives. Now the verse goes on to tell us that God, the one seated upon the throne, liveth forever and ever. And the Greek word that's translated ever in, in, in both places here is the Greek word aeon. It is Strong's number 165. It is a word that um, can be translated as ages. It is translated that way in Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's also translated as world sometimes. And uh, it, really, we we have to take the context, the verse that it comes in, and, in order to see how it should be translated. In this case, the translation is correct, that it, it does have in view in this verse eternity etern, eternal future and and here it's saying that the four and twenty elders fall down before excuse me in verse nine and when those beasts or living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth for ages and ages or forever and ever god lives forever and ever there is no end of god there there is no point uh, if if you want to try and imagine this or to think about this uh, you can you can think of it this way there is no point in time or beyond time in that um realm of existence known as eternity future in which God will cease to be. And, and we understand ceasing to be, to be death. God will never die. He will never cease to be. He will always live. And this is why God identifies himself in the Bible when uh, Moses came to the burning bush and and wanted to know, who shall I say has sent me? that the response was tell them I am has sent you God is the great I am the ever living one he he is life he is existence and God will always live for ages and ages now we're going to find this um, phrase for translated here forever and ever several more times in the book of revelation the context determines how it is to be translated and understood since the context here it clearly is eternal god describing his eternal nature then it's a proper translation but however in some cases the context is not eternal God, but it may um, it may be describing 
the wrath of God upon certain creatures, fallen man or or fallen angels and uh, such as Satan, and then we have to um, we have to look more closely at the context and the way that God is using this phrase. But in this verse, it is translated correctly. God lives for ages and ages. Now, in verse 10, it, it, we're moving on to the next verse. It says, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And again, that's aeon for ages and ages. And cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Well, when we get together in our next Bible study, we're going to take a closer look into this wonderful um, scene that is unfolding before us in the kingdom of God in his throne room as he is receiving adulation and and all glory, honor, and praise from his creatures, his people, and and all of his kingdom. And uh, we we want to spend a little time with this. You know, it's always a, an excellent thing when we can um, do exactly as the 24 elders are doing here when we can worship God and we can lift up his name to glorify him, to honor him, and to praise him. It, it is a very healthy thing for us to do who are on this side of heaven as we're continuing to live in the day of judgment upon the earth. It, it is a very good thing for us to join in with the heavenly worship of the glorious God of the Bible because he is worthy of that praise and it is uh, most helpful to us personally. As God says, if you're troubled, if you're anxious, if you're experiencing difficulties in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.